What's up, you guys? Welcome back to A Little Bit of Life. Today, we're gonna to be doing what we call a tech talk. So if you guys are not familiar, I am a certified pharmacy technician here in the state of Texas. Um, I have been certified for a while. I was a technician back in 2013 for about a year and then decided to kind of cut my technician time short and take up teaching. So now we're back. The medical community has uh, needed my help. So we're back in the pharmacy world and I can say comfortably that this round is a hundred times better. I have the best manager and my pharmacy, just everybody is so great and it's an amazing experience this time around. So today we're going to be talking about a couple of different subjects. Um, and I feel like doing these will help people better understand their processes of what it takes to really fill a prescription, uh, what a controlled substance is, and things to make your pickup and your drop-off smoother. Uh, I feel like when people go to pharmacies, they either have a really good experience and a not-so-good experience. Um, I would like to kind of fill that void. <laughs> and I feel like people have a bad experience because they end up waiting in line too long, they're not prepared, or they just don't know what's going on. So I feel like if I'm able to sit here and kind of go over some things with all of you, um, or anybody that really just wants to know more about why is my script taking so long or what happens after that piece of paper goes to the back. This is what this is for. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite drink, grab a snack and enjoy. All right, you guys, so let's talk about the process of filling a prescription. So many of you, I'm sure nine out of 10 of you, uh, have filled a prescription before at a pharmacy, anywhere, uh, H-E-B, Kroger, Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, wherever, you filled a prescription. You've needed it for something, either antibiotics, you needed Tamiflu for a flu, uh, you needed cream for a rash or something. You needed it for something. So. What happens after that piece of paper that you have in your hand goes back to the pharmacy? And what does all the crazy lettering on that piece of paper mean exactly? So there's two ways to, I guess, receive and send and do prescriptions. There's paper, which is the more traditional way, or there's more of a new way now called eScribe. So a doctor's office has a software in their computer where they might ask you for the number or the address of your pharmacy and they will send that information through that system to the pharmacy. And then therefore, you know, avoiding the piece of paper, the drop off and the whole process. So that's what that is for. Now, let's just say for the sake of this subject matter <laughs> that you are taking a piece of paper to the pharmacy. So you have your medication on this piece of paper. It says something about an I, a QD, and a PO. <laughs> and you're like, what in the actual hell does that mean? So we're gonna clear that up in a minute. But first of all, so you go to the pharmacy and you drop it off at the drop-off side of the pharmacy counter. So you take it there and the pharmacist or the pharmacy technician will take the prescription from you and go ahead and scan it. Once they've scanned this into their system, uh, they will begin typing the information. They'll ask you if you have any allergies. They'll ask you if you have insurance. They'll ask you about a current address. And if you've never filled at that pharmacy before, they may also go ahead and create you a profile. So they'll take care of all that there. And once they're finished typing that prescription up for you, they will scan the prescription into the system and relay that into um, the electronic side so that the pharmacist can review it on their side of the screen. So once that is complete, 
we will check and make sure that your medication went through your insurance if you're using insurance uh, for us, every, every software in the pharmacy is different. Uh, for us, we press a certain key on our computer and it will tell us if the claim was rejected or approved. And if the claim was rejected, we have to go to a different screen that tells us why. Sometimes insurance will reject things for different reasons. Uh, either it's because there's an interaction with a medication that you're currently taking, uh, your insurance expired, or the day supply that your doctor wrote for you is incorrect. So there's a bunch of different reasons, but most of the time it's, it's mostly, I wanna say, um, it's either a refill too soon, like it's a medication that you already have and we just need to put that prescription in the profile, or it's a medication that is going to interact with something that you may already be currently taking. Uh, it's a rare occasion and when it does happen, the pharmacist will ask you about it and it doesn't really, you know, do much after that. It, it just goes to the pharmacist and they ask you questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's pretty much what happens. And then once that happens, you'll walk away for 10 or 15 minutes or you can hang out and that script will get filled. So behind the counter, we have, of course, you know, thousands of medications that we deal with. And at that point, it is our job as a technician or if the pharmacist is working alone to fill that medication for you. So while we're talking about that, so let's say you drop off a prescription for what we call a controlled substance. So a controlled substance is a medication that has a, a, a I guess, a C2 through 5. So the scale C2 through 5 is used in pharmacy to identify how severely that medication can be abused. So for example, um, Ritalin and Adderall are considered C2s and they are locked in a cabinet which only the pharmacist has access to and only they are allowed to fill those medications. Uh, C3s would be things like conjugated estrogen and acetaminophen um, with codeine which is Tylenol number three is well known as everybody else knows it. Uh, C4s are considered um, pregabalin or Lyrica. Uh, yes, believe it or not, <laughs> uh, those types of nerve agents are considered um, controlled. And then we have uh, things like alprazolam, lorazepam, Xanax. Um, what's the other one? We have Xanax. We have... Um, anyway, so yeah. So, so there's, there's a few things in there. And those medications vary between four and five. Um, and then you have some states who will actually regulate gabapentin, which is Neurontin, which is also a nerve inhibitor. Uh, Texas does not regulate those um, in the controlled class um, as of right now. So yeah, so there's, there's basically that. And then uh, tramadol. Uh, tramadol, I believe, is a C4 as well. So if you turn in a prescription for a controlled substance, you'll notice that there are two barcodes on your prescription uh, if you're dropping it off of course uh, one barcode will be the DEA number of the doctor that is really important for us to identify the prescriber that is sending over the medication for you and then the control number so it'll say C it, sometimes it'll say CNTRL or CTRL um, and it'll have that barcode whenever we're typing a controlled substance in our computer we have to scan that barcode twice and then if that barcode is accepted we can go ahead and run the prescription um, so at that point, you know, it goes from there. So everything gets pretty much treated the same up until, you know, we start touching the subject of controlled substances. 
So let's talk about what happens with that prescription as far as what we're typing. So we have things what we call SIG codes, S-I-G. SIG codes are codes that uh, any medical team member will use to identify how to take the route, in, how to take the medication. So it's route of administration, what milligram, how many tablets or capsules, and how many times a day is what that identifies as. So for example, if you have a medication, let's say an antibiotic, um, and it comes out to be uh, one capsule by mouth twice daily, that SIG code would, re- would read one uh, would be like a letter I, look like, kind of like an I, cap, B-I-D, um, B-I-D, so uh, P-O-B-I-D. So P-O means by mouth, B-I-D means twice daily. Um, so yeah, it, it's just kind of like a language. <laughs> Uh, things with like insulin and um, injectable medications, those can get a little tricky unless you're doing like bivial. So uh, things like B12, people that get B12 injections, like myself, uh, those are full full vials. So if you're typing a prescription, it says you know inject one milliliter. Well, the vials are already one milliliter, so. You don't have a lot to thinking to do there, but things like insulin uh, for people who get like 64 units one time a day and then 36 another, that can be really tricky, um, especially, you know, depending on the kind of insulin that they're using. So we go from there and then that prescription goes to the back. We start filling it. Uh, we print out all of the labels. We scan our label. We scan the bottle with the correct drug. We go ahead and pick the right vial size um, after we've counted it. And yes, All prescriptions do get counted by hand unless they do come in a unit dose package, uh, which would be like uh, Z-Packs, Methylprednisolone, or Medrol dose packs, which are the steroid packs. Uh, You have Pro-Air inhalers, um, all sorts of inhalers, albuterol, those types of things. Um, If it's a pill, it gets hand counted. (laughs) We don't have the luxury of automation in my pharmacy, so everything gets hand counted. Um, And if it's a controlled substance, it gets counted twice. Um, so sometimes if you get a prescription bottle and the number on the bottle is circled or initialed, that means that that was counted twice. Um, so then that medication will go into a basket along with the label and it will go to the pharmacist. The pharmacist will verify that the drug is correct and that all of the SIG code is correct. So that way you can read it um, as a person who speaks or, ra- or, or reads or whatever, Spanish, English or Vietnamese or you know whatever uh, language and then they will bag it up and it will go to the checkout area. So then we'll check you out and you can be on your merry way. So that is essentially what the filling process looks like. It's interesting (laughs) because I get patients all the time who ask me, you know, well, I see the bottle over there. Can you just put a label on it? No, unfortunately, that's not how that works. Uh, I feel like people get the wrong idea about what pharmacy uh, personnel do, especially with dropping and filling out prescriptions. Um, So let's talk a little bit about some things that you can do to make your pickup and your drop-off smoother. I have patients that come in all the time and they're angry and they're frustrated because something was wrong with their insurance, they didn't have a coupon, um, whatever their doctor prescribed them they're allergic to. So I'm gonna share with you guys some different ways that you can get through that process that much smoother and make your trip to the pharmacy that much better. So the first thing is if you know you're going to be bringing in a prescription or your doctor's going to be calling one in, bring your insurance card or manufacturer coupons. There are medications that we can use insurance and manufacturer coupons with together. For example, 
Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard, you know, the ads and stuff on TV for um, Ozempic, which is the insulin pen. Okay, a lot of patients will choose to use a manufacturer coupon in their insurance with that, and you are definitely allowed to do that. Um, there's several medications like that. Dexalant, uh, Dexalant, is one of them. Um, Berlenta, uh, Amavig, um, the Ozempic we talked about, Victoza, uh, Trulicity, Trentelix is another one, uh, Rexulti. So there's several brand name medications that you can use um, manufacturer coupons for. And you can go straight to the website. Um, each manufacturer is different, so manufacturers will vary. You have Lupin, GSK. GSK is probably one of the most popular ones. Uh, and Lily, uh, who puts out Trulicity. So you'll go to that website and fill out a questionnaire, and then they will give you a manufacturer coupon, either right there on the page or in your email. Um, and if you bring that with you to the pharmacy, or if you even call ahead and say, hey, I have this manufacturer coupon for this med. Can I use it? We'll put it on your profile and run it with what we, what we call a coordination of benefits. So what we're doing is we're running it through your insurance as a primary first, and then we're running it through the secondary. And what could, would have been $1,800 medication has now turned into 25 So you're welcome. <laughs> um, if you don't have insurance, um, my pharmacy especially is really good about this. And this is something that I really had to um, kind of learn because when I worked, um, I worked at Walgreens first. That was my very first tech job. Um, they, I mean, they would just kind of run things. We'd fill it and that would be the end of it. There was no asking about coupons or no cost. Um, but over here where I work now, it's very, you know, hey, let me find you a coupon for this. You know, this is really expensive. Let me see what I can do for you. Um, so that, that's been really great. Uh, so don't fret if you don't have insurance. I also suggest GoodRx <laughs> because they're amazing. Um, don't leave during the typing of your prescription. This is a big no-no. And the reason why I say this is because I get people who come up, they just drop the paper off, they walk away, and then I try to run their insurance or do something with their coordination of benefits and either their coupon for their drug has expired or their insurance is not active. And then they come back and they're like, wow, why is this $144? Well, because you ran away and I couldn't update your information. Um, our system has the ability to do what we call an eligibility check, which means we can see if you have insurance. And if you don't, then I'm going to put a coupon on it and hope for the best because you ran away. <laughs> so whenever your tech or your pharmacist is typing your medication, I highly suggest that you stay right where you are um, or don't go far um, because, again, you want to avoid this. A lot of people get frustrated and then they get angry and they want to blame us. It's not our fault, <laughs> especially if we're giving you the option to stay there. Uh, number three is to mention any allergies. So anything. I don't care what it is. <laughs> sulfa, uh, sulfa is a big one. Penicillin is another big one. Uh, some people are allergic to aspirin um, and then latex and things like that. So that's really important for us to know because if your doctor just decides to send us a prescription for amoxicillin and you're allergic to penicillin, we can't give that to you. <laughs> Obviously, um, you'll get sick. So our job is to input as much of that information in our computer as possible. Um, I guess the fourth thing I would say is if you're expecting a medication to be called into the pharmacy by your doctor's office, give your pharmacy a call uh, and check and see if it's ready yet. A lot of patients will come in and they won't even bother checking first and then they're disappointed and frustrated when they get to the pharmacy and then it's all of a sudden our fault. 
Um, it's not our fault. I can't, I can't fill a prescription that doesn't exist. Um, so keep that in mind, just bear that in mind. Uh, you know, when you're coming into the pharmacy, um, when I started working my very first tech job, it was always, you know, it was always falling on the pharmacists and the techs. And finally I work now for a company that understands that it's not, you know, it's not our fault. <laughs> if you forget what kind of medication you're taking, if you forgot to bring your coupons, if you forgot to do this, then all that blame lays on the patient. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a mind reader. I can't do it for you. Uh, we try to do everything that we can for our patients, of course. Um, so, you know, don't ever take it the wrong way. We are always looking out for our patients in their best interest, but it is not in the right to blame the technicians or the pharmacists if you leave your things at home. So just bear that in mind. Number five is this is, this is the last one on my list of things to make your drop off smoother. Number five is a big, big, big one. If you come to the counter to pick up a medication or to even drop off a medication and you need something refilled, A, you need to let us know at the time of drop off what else you are needing. When I get to the checkout area, my, my job primarily is to check out your medication, counsel, get the counsel done with the pharmacist and then have you pay for your medication. Not to sit there and wait 15 minutes for you to ask me to fill the, the other drugs that you needed. Please, please, please come prepared. If you need something else filled, I am more than happy to do it. Whoever's there, whoever's at your pharmacy will be more than happy to do it for you. But you have to be proactive and mentioning that to them upon your drop-off. The second thing is please know what you're taking I can't tell you guys how many times a day somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I need a refill on my little white pill. Okay, but you take four or five little white pills, and there's a thousand little white pills in this pharmacy. So I'm not 100% sure which one of those little white pills you're taking. So be, be a responsible person and know what medication you're taking. I get it. The names are long, and some of this stuff is extremely hard to pronounce. But if you can at least remember you know, what the, what the medication started with or what the milligram was, I can at least look in your profile and kind of take an educated guess and then we can figure it out together. Nine times out of 10, that's usually what happens and everybody's happy. There's that one out of 10 though that isn't happy and then they're like, well, that's the wrong one. Well, I'm sorry, I don't take, I don't take your medications. <laughs> I have 500 other patients I've got to worry about, you know. So take some responsibility, you know, and knowing what you're taking and you know, we can all work together and make your experience so much better. So overall, the summary of my tech talk today would be really make it so much easier on yourself and do what you got to do. Be proactive. Um, bring your prescriptions in when you need them filled and expect the unexpected because sometimes insurance isn't going to be able to process your medication Therefore, we need to send a PA. A PA is a prior authorization, by the way. And basically what that means is the insurance company and the doctor's office are gonna work together on getting paperwork filled out by your doctor saying why you need to take that medication. And at that point, the claim will either be approved or denied. If the claim is approved, it'll come back to our pharmacy and we will fill the medication. If it's denied, it'll come back to us as well and we'll have to give you the sad phone call. Um, but those PAs happen between an, the doctor and the insurance company. We pharmacy people have very little say in that. Um, so it's really important 
um, for you guys, you know, to, if you want a smoother pickup and drop off and all these things, take these tips and use them, please, to your advantage because a lot of people don't know. I have teenagers and young adults that drop medicine off all the time and they have no idea what they're doing. So <laughs> I, I would, I would uh, advise anyone of you to pass any of this information on to anyone who you feel would benefit from this. I plan on doing more of these tech talks in different subject areas um, like, you know, what happens when medication gets rejected, what's a refill too soon, um, and those types of things. So thank you guys so much for listening. I look forward to making my next podcast with some more fun tips and tricks for the pharmacy for you. You guys have a great evening. Bye.